I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast. For me, you get 50 years of knowledge playing fantasy sports from Eric. You get the kind of insight you can only get from a guy who's been a top player on the NFL stage. A top-notch quarterback with the Bears and Lions and Chargers. He's been there, lends his first-hand knowledge to the things you need to guide your fantasy team to victory. Uh, you can find us on uh, Radio.com, mobile app, Lipson, um, and iTunes, Radio.com, wherever you find your podcasts. Easiest way to get there, perhaps, just go to our website, KramerAndBrill.com. The podcasts are listed on the podcast page. You can find them by clicking at the top of the homepage. Check it out, KramerAndBrill.com, and you can reach us there. Also, you can buy our contact page. You can reach out to us. Uh, also, if you want to send any questions you have, you can uh, reach out to us on the contact page. You reach right there, send us an email, and we'll check those emails, and we'll get uh, answer those questions here on uh, the podcast for you. So let me introduce you to my friend, colleague, and co-host Eric Kramer. Week one is in the books. Take a look at how we did. It was a wild and in some cases disappointing week. We'll get to the elephant in the room in a moment. I won't say who is who he is, but his initials are Antonio Brown. So for me, my best performance was advising listeners not to start Aaron Rodgers. I think it was good advice. Rodgers had a very pedestrian, not to um, not a terrible fantasy day, but 18 to 30, 203, uh, one touchdown for Santa fantasy. That's only about 13 points, uh, far below what was needed for a, a top-notch quarterback. And I hope you didn't start him. I did say to start Mark Andrews at tight end for the Ravens. He got eight catches, 108 and a touchdown. That's 24 points in a PPR league. We both like Sammy Watkins and Deshaun Jackson. Watkins uh, were they were one two in the wide receiver scoring at the end of the day on Sunday. Watkins had nine catches, 198, three touches. Jackson had 8 to 10 targets, 154, two touchdowns, both over 50 yards. Now, neither one of us liked Baker Mayfield. Good thing, threw three picks. We weren't sold on Marcus Mariota, our bad, 248, three touchdowns. I said to start Derrick Henry. I hope you were listening. 84 on the ground, 75 in the air, and touchdown both ways. Good for 30 points. I also said to go with Delaney Walker, tight end, which was a good choice. He caught 5 of 11 targets and a pair of scores. hope you jumped on my suggestion to start Austin Eckler over the missing Melvin Gordon. All he did was score three times, combining both air and ground, 41 fantasy points. And I liked Marlon Mack, who rushed for 174 and a touch. Eric liked Dalvin Cook with his 111 yards and two scores. We both like Lamar Jackson, Eric more than me. Eric scores heavily there, 324, five touches. Uh, I, I like John Ross, uh, flex play, uh, figuring he'd get some targets, and he did, 12 targets, seven catches, 158, and two scores. Both high on Amari Cooper, if he was going to play, and he did. He had a foot injury, but he played. All he did was catch six passes for 106, a touch. We also uh, loved... Um, uh, J.T. Hawkinson of the Lions at tight end. Uh, Eric has been high on him from the beginning. His rookie debut was worth six receptions, 131 yards, and a touch for 25 points. Evan Ingram also were liked, and 11 catches, 116 for a touch were solid. Dak Prescott, solid starter for both of us. He was perfect on the day, four touchdowns over 400 yards. Not bad. And, he, you know, he was, he was actually, actually, my wife had him in our fantasy league, and she was um, <laughs> just really excited about that. Everybody Dak. had Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, uh, there was uh, there was uh, not ready for primetime Steelers. Uh-oh. <laughs> Who are we going to talk about now? <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you. The Steelers sucked. There's no other way to put it. Uh, the defense couldn't stop anything. The offense couldn't punch it over from the one. And not one Steeler performed. On the other side of the ball, Tom Brady, and it, Julian Edelman, 
Josh Gordon, you name it, they uh, they were dominant from the very start. So uh, on a Monday night game, Deshaun Watson looked good, as did uh, New Orleans defense, six sacks and a pick, despite giving up 28 points. In the Raider game, Joe Flacco's 28 yards were strong. Uh, Josh uh, Jacobs made an impressive debut, 85 yards, two scores, and Cortland Sutton, seven catches, uh, 120. It was good for a start, and DeAndre Hopkins was a beast. So, um, Yet dropped three passes. Yeah, right? yeah I mean, he did. Uh, went 2018 without one, yeah. and then d- dropped three in the first game. It was game. a kind of weekend. Somebody else didn't have a, uh, a pick. Uh, Deshaun Watson didn't have any picks in like a, a billion games. Yeah, yeah and, 200 and, and something yeah. throws, yeah. Yeah, so uh, surprises for you? Anything that you, you, you picked up that uh, was something you wanted to talk about real quick? Well, I yes, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought everybody offensively in a Bears uniform would light it up, and, of course, no one did. No one. Uh, Allen Robinson was somewhat – Strong, and I think that's going to be a sign. His every week he's going to be a good play, but obviously, Mitch Trubisky still has more growing pains to go through, apparently. And uh, I thought we were through those, but apparently not. So, defense again was strong, but I think Bears have a little, you know, maturing to do, I would say. You know, Thursday night, you and I were together at a sports bar watching that game, and it was interesting because. Everybody expected more scoring from somebody. Yeah. But a seven to three game. Yeah. You know, and uh, right out of the box, it was like, oh, golly, this is a yawner. I think we spent more time talking to each other than we did. And, and I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, everybody texted me or called me from Chicago wondering what in the heck is going on. So I don't know apparently anyone, any more than anyone else does in that regard. But um, other surprises, I think, uh, you know, Looking at the Ram game, I think uh, I think both everybody going into that game thought, okay, Goff's going to be a good start. Gurley, I thought, was going to be a great mm-hmm. start. They were both solid, but not tremendously spectacular. I don't think anybody saw Malcolm Brown going to be the go-to guy in the red zone running yeah. the ball. Yeah. But I think that's more of a sign less on Gurley because Gurley looks very good in spots. Mm-hmm. I think it's more a sign that – this is Sean McVay's approach, I think, to the first half of this season as opposed to last half when everything went through Todd Gurley. I think what they're trying to do this year is save him for that stretch run. Yeah, because uh, he was really kind of beat up toward the end of last year. And, you know, and the other thing, too, is I, I look at um, uh, Brown as sort of replacing C.J. Anderson. Because C.J. Anderson was kind of filling that role that, you know. that Late that, in the season. Yeah. Yep. And he's gone to Detroit now. And uh, Malcolm Brown, I, I think, is, is we're going to talk about him a little bit, too. Um, I think a, a doggone good pickup. You know, if you don't have him already, he's one of those guys that, yeah. you know, yeah. on the waiver wire this week. You know, and I, and I think, you know, you asked me, do I, what are the surprises or disappointments that I see? I think, no, well, for, cer- for certain, I didn't see Case Keenum throwing for well over 300 yards mm-hmm. and three touchdowns. Who was he going to throw the ball to? Well, he found Terry McLaren, mm-hmm. a rookie out of Ohio State, to be his downfield threat now and 125 yards or so, right, and like a 69 or 70-yard touchdown. And I think also uh, the way things have shifted in the, with the Vikings, you mentioned Dalvin Cook. And I think everybody all preseason has been saying, you know, if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, the Vikings obviously shored up their offensive line with Garrett Bradbury mm-hmm. at NC State. Uh, they gave the ball to Cook, and he ran wild that entire game. But I don't think anybody saw Kirk Cousins only coming out of game. Ten passes. Ten <laughs> passes for under 100 yards, although he was 8 for 10 and a touchdown. Um, now, if that's the kind of season that Kirk Cousins can start putting together, where 
you know, he doesn't have 280 yards, but he might have 180, but he might have three touchdowns. He might have three touchdowns that total 15 yards in all three of those, you know, touchdowns. So I think the shift in the, with the Vikings, I think, is needed. I think their defense played solid, and, um, you know, they, they got a win. I think on the other side of things, though, Atlanta, now they wow. fall, and, and Dan Quinn, I think, falls squarely on the hot seat. Yeah, because they were, you know, that that's a game they got to win. Yeah, to start the season out, because otherwise, now here we are back in. Uh oh, are the Falcons going to miss the playoffs for a second straight year? Well, you get back to the the, the Vikings. Uh, you know, guys that have Thielen and uh, Diggs really have to be concerned at this point, because if this becomes a pattern, and I I don't think it will be, but uh, if if Kirk Cousins throws ten passes a game. Mm-hmm. What about those two number one wideouts? I mean, you got to find replacements at some point at that. Yeah. Well, I think I would give it – I wouldn't panic just yet if I was a Thielen or Stefan Diggs owner. But I might give it two or three more weeks, at least for through the first quarter of the season, before I find out whether or not there's a complete shift away from throwing the ball to them or not. Um, one of the things also that jumped out at me was the early success that the Jets had offensively with – the combination of Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. and Sam Darnold, but yet they couldn't maintain it through the second half. Yeah. And uh, I think they're, both of them are still going to be solid players throughout the season and for fantasy owners, but I think obviously that's something they're going to have to address with their consistency. You know, before we get to the injuries, because we want to talk about that, uh, I want to get to the elephant in the room. And uh, didn't see this coming. Yeah. Antonio Brown. Let, right. I, I know where I'm going to go with this, and I want to go second on this. So right. You go well, first. Go. Well, I just what do you uh, think? I think that, um, hmm. well, I think the way Antonio Brown uh, sort of orchestrated this entire training camp, pre-training camp thing where he freezes his feet and sustains an injury there and then fights the helmet issue and takes that to arbitration two times, loses both times, and really becomes a sideshow in Oakland, um, I think is kind of, unfortunately, um, too representative of what his last couple years have been Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh. And I think that's really, I think John Gruden expressed it best after the game in which they won. He's like, well, we've been off Antonio Brown for a while now. Now Mm -hmm. it's time for you guys to catch up. Let the Patriots go have their fun with Antonio Brown, and we just got to get on with what we do. Here's my thoughts. I think the NFL has to investigate this whole thing, and I'll tell you why. When the Steelers were shopping A.B., the Patriots came to them and inquired about trading for Antonio Brown. Steelers, not wanting to trade him to a rival, said no. So they sent him to the Raiders. Almost immediately, it was obvious that Brown wasn't going to play for Oakland. I mean, he, he started his antics again. You mentioned it. Recording a conversation. Who records a conversation with their coach? And then Which is illegal, yeah. by the way. Yeah, in broadcast. California. In California, that is against the law. You have to let them know you're going to do that and let them know you're recording. As, as, a, as a news guy, I know that right up front. Uh, so he records a conversation, does that, the whole helmet affair, the toe affair, the missing in practices. He gets fined. And then he posts his letter from the GM on Instagram about his fines. And, you know, then he loses his guarantee because of that. He gets, he, then he requests getting released. Now, if he's released, he's a free agent to sign with anyone. And with that, within hours, Drew Rosenhaus has him signed with New England, who paid nothing to get him. So to be honest, the Raiders screwed up. I would have traded him to the worst team in the league as punishment. I would have sent him to Miami. 
for a 10th round draft pick in the year 3030. What do you think about that uh, Instagram where he jumps off the couch after finding out that the Raiders released him, gets picked up by the Patriots, goes running around his backyard? Yeah, it's like 10 minutes later. You know, so I mean, I really wonder if the talks had already begun with the Patriots or at least inquiries ahead of release, which would have been collusion. And it, I wouldn't put it past the Pats owner, Robert Kraft. You know, that's my two cents. I really think the NFL has to investigate this. Uh, and Drew Rosen has had a past. Yeah. I'm not going to go yeah. there. He was T.O.'s agent, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. A lot of big guys. Yeah. Yep. And, and so, I mean, he's had a past that. You know, I'm just going to lay out there. I'm not going to make any accusations, but I think the NFL has to has to take a look. Well, hopefully they'll take your advice. I hope so. As per the usual, there are plenty of injuries uh, that will make you change your roster and uh, let the guys you uh, should be looking forward pick up as well. On the injury side, uh, Chiefs wide out to, uh, Tyreek Hill. He's out for a few weeks with a shoulder injury. Colts mm-hmm. receiver Devin Funches broke a collarbone. Nick Foles broke his clavicle. Uh, guys you want to look at earlier this week to pick up. Uh, Matt Stafford, believe it or not, is still available in some leagues. I picked him up in one of mine. Uh, Marcus Mariota might work. Good. He's a good, solid fantasy pick. I think sure. he is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and they looked good, and he threw enough to, you know, to, to be a starter for a fantasy team. Kyler Murray looks good. Uh, he'll yeah. likely get some volume. For about 10 minutes. Yeah, but, you know, he. He's a guy that's going to get some volume, and if you you know need to you had Nick Foles or something, you know you might want to go after him. Um, and uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, who likely is going to be the guy replacing Nick Foles and Jacoby Brissett, now look uh, like the real deal. Brissett's the guy. That's the guy I would go get. Uh, I I think he he would be number one. You know I like Gardner Minshew because he had an outstanding game. But you know what? I'm going to go back to something that I mentioned last week and we talked about it very briefly, and that was. Um, when I said if you were in a dynasty league, um, Mason Rudolph became Ben's number two, okay, uh, in Pittsburgh, and that left Josh Gibbs. I mean Dobbs. Josh um, Dobbs mm-hmm. at number three. The Steelers traded Josh Dobbs to be uh, Minshew's backup mm-hmm. um, when Foles got hurt. He has a chance to now be a, be a player, and the thing about him, he he's a multi talented, multi skilled guy, but he's also Pretty much a genius. The guy's a, I think, no, he's got some (laughs) master's in some engineering degree or something. Sure. You know, I mean, he's not a, he's a smart guy. Right. And um, he just, just didn't really happen for him in Pittsburgh. And I think he could be a a, a decent NFL quarterback if given the chance. So anyway, Dynasty League guys, you may want to look at that. Um, Running backs. uh, Let's, let's take a look at that. Uh, Malcolm Brown, uh, we we talked about at the Rams, going to spell Todd Gurley. Uh, He'll get some touchdowns. Chris Thompson, Washington, might be worth a flyer, while uh, Wayne Gallman of the Giants will get activity this week on the waiver wire. He really is a low-end play. Shaquan Barkley's uh, still going to get all the playing time. Right. First yeah. of all, it's Saquon. I, you know, I keep Not only that. do you say I Shaquan, know, you I even know. wrote it in here. <laughs> I know, but that, that's because he shakes everybody <laughs> off. I know that. Okay? All right. That's yeah, good. all right. Saquon, it is. And, and you can hit me with that all year. That's all right. And I know you will. Uh <laughs> Wide receivers, John Ross, a good pickup, as will be uh, sure. Marquise Brown, Philip Dorsett, John Brooks looks to, um, or John Brown rather, mm-hmm. looks to have uh, found a home in Buffalo. Uh, James Crowder. Wow. There's there. the guy. There's your guy. 14 yeah. catches, yes. man. 14 catches, 99 yards. I think he had, what, one touch? You know, I mean. That, that's, one of the better slot receivers in the league, Yeah, and he sure. looks really good. Uh, definitely Mike Gallup uh, also wanted to look at. Randall Cobb, uh, Dynasty Leagues, uh, you know, look like he's uh, going to get some work in. Uh, non-Dynasty Leagues, I should say. He's he's going to get some work in Dallas. I'm also liking Cody Latimer with the Giants. And uh, Paris Campbell and Indy, uh, now that Funchess is out. So, well, I uh, think McLaurin. 
also yeah, now I was going to mention him, but I left him for you to that talk about. That guy is legit, I think. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, and whoever was commentating on the game, I was watching it for a few minutes, and it was just like, hey, he's in his first seven catches, or sorry, passes that were caught, they went to six different receivers. Yeah. Nobody, there, there, there's not a go-to guy yet in Washington. McLaren might be that guy. I, I think uh, I, I like him a lot. I really do, and I think he's going to get. Uh, I think I checked this morning, and I think he was he was up on the waiver wires. I would think you so. Know, man. So um, big you down, know, big time down. Yeah, hit, hit midnight last night. The waiver wires pick up. Um, anything else before we get into the games? Uh, not really. Although I, well, the one thing I will say is that going into this week, I thought Jameson. Um, uh, what's the guy's name in Tampa? Winston. Win- Jameson Winston would not be a great play and turned out not to be. I just don't buy into all of a sudden, um, uh, what's the guy that was in the Arizona Cardinals head coach? Uh, oh, uh, Kingsbury. No, 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 no. The one that Kingsbury replaced. Oh. Uh, that used to be in Pittsburgh there. Uh, Ari- um, Bruce Arians. Uh, Bruce Arians. Yeah. So I, I don't. I'm not a big believer that Bruce Arians is going to just by himself turn around uh, James Winston. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see. I just don't. That's just not something I'm going to jump on. Well, let's get to that game. Uh, Thursday night game: uh, Buccaneers Panthers. The Bucks manhandled by the 49ers D last week. Picked up uh, James Winston. Uh, picked him off three times. 49ers. Uh, are they that good? Or are the Bucks that bad? Well, shying away from uh, Winston and Chris Godwin is a definite flex play. Maybe um, Mike Evans. Good bet to rebound. But remember, Winston is throwing to both of them. Personally, the only guy I would play in that game and every week would be Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. He, he not only led the Panthers in rushing, but also receiving. He scores, seems like, you know, I, what do you have? He, I know he had one touchdown. You have two also? Oh, yeah. Two oh, man. Yeah, had amazing. So, um, yeah, he's, every week he's going to be the guy. The Buccaneers, I don't think I'd take anybody. And in uh, the Panthers, I would take Cam Newton once I see he plays a little more consistently. He I had think a tough he game against few, the Rams. He did, but I think he shows every game a sign, a few signs of flashes of, hey, this guy does things other people don't. Yeah. But then he also, unfortunately, does things that other, other people, people don't. don't want to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm calling uh, Cam a definite start against Tampa. And I, I think the odds are, are looking good for him. I also like DJ Moore as uh, solid. Uh, I yeah. like Curtis yeah, Samuel. Yep. Yeah, DJ Moore had a good game. Uh, Greg Olson, eh, borderline, but uh, unless you have a more solid tight end, I think he's a go for Thursday oh, night. Yeah, also had a good game. And I think he's the – Greg Olson's kind of the key, I think, to Cam Newton – you know, every, boy, every quarterback loves a solid tight end they can get the ball to. Greg Olson, historically, out of Miami, has been a great— Something you can the, dump it off to down, when you're— you're And, a, and then also down the field threat. Yeah. You know, so um, that the, the more those two connect and find that comfort level, the better season I think Cam Newton's going to have. Uh, Cardinals-Ravens uh, go on to Sunday. Based on what we saw last week, any Ravens are really a go <laughs> unless they show otherwise. Uh, Lamar Jackson pushed himself to at least the top of the division at this point. I think he, he's been – he was the biggest surprise, I think, all of anyone in the league as of this past weekend. And uh, 
no reason he can't do against the Cardinals what he already did against the Dolphins. He killed me. I don't think the Cardinals are any better on defense than the, than the Miami Dolphins. I know in my game, uh, he was the opposing quarterback, and it was like, oh, Uh-oh. I'm sitting there looking, <laughs> three touchdowns, four touchdowns. Oh, my gosh, it's like halftime. By halftime, second, by half time, <laughs> your entire game was yeah, over. Yeah, and I got killed by 40, 50 points, something like that, and I have a really solid team. Um, Cardinals, uh, like I said, I like Kyler Murray right now because of volume, but I'm still skeptical about making him a solid starter this week unless you really are hurting, especially against Baltimore. Uh, David Johnson uh, and Larry Fitzgerald, I think, are good starters. Christian Kirk, uh, worth a good flex play. Well, that you see it differently, but I think Kyler Murray, given the fact that he had about 10 minutes worth of good play yesterday, I don't see him really – as a solid guy to have on my roster until maybe next year, or yeah. at least the second yeah, I, half I, of this year. Yeah, and I, I think def, definitely as, a, as um, in Dynasty Leagues, he's, he's probably already gone. But, um, you know, as I, I just think that he's going to get enough volume, but he's, gonna, he's not going to be great at it. But if you don't have a quarterback uh, who's a number one guy for somewhere for some reason, you, I mean, I think he's a play, but I'm not very in many, many cases. Well, just think about Josh Allen's development last year. In Buffalo. In Buffalo. Um, bigger, much bigger player than Kyler Murray, but athletic, yeah. great arm. And yet the knock on him coming out of college was his inconsistency being accurate. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray has some of those same yeah. issues going on, and he's athletic enough, very, in fact, more athletic than Josh Allen, but then is he going to rely on that, or is he going to devote himself to getting better at reading defenses and anticipating throws so that bef- within the first second of the play, he knows where the ball's going? Because right now, he's not that guy. Right. Cowboys and Redskins, where in the heck did tight end Vernon Davis come from? <laughs> Four <laughs> catches of the touchdown. He woke good. up early in that game. I could, I, he, he could really uh, nice, nicely start if, if Jordan Reed remains yeah, out. Uh, you yeah. know. Uh, when, good, t- solid player. Terry McLaren, uh, Trey Quinn, both flex options. But uh, you want to start Paul Richardson if he's one of your better options on your team. Otherwise, the Cowboys defense looks like a lockdown. So if you have any better options at wide receiver, I'd take them over anybody on this team. Darius Geis, uh, a definite bench, got some knee issues. Um, uh, leaves Adrian Peterson, who was a, a healthy scratch last week. Will he even play this week? Uh, that's going to be interesting. You know, I mean, I, I think he moves up. Uh, Darius Geis is definitely out. Uh, he's He's on. The roster is not a healthy scratch, I think. Maybe uh, yeah, we'll see. And maybe he gets a couple of a couple of grabs, but I, 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 he's not a start at all. I don't even see him as a flex play. Uh, Chris Thompson, possible flex play in deeper leagues. Uh, Case Keenum, as you mentioned, uh, uh, I don't see him as a go against Dallas. I think he had uh, that really really good game to start, um, but I don't see him as a go against Dallas. Well, if there's one guy on the Redskins to me that is a go, well, two. One would be Case Keenum, and the other would be McLaren. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think everybody, uh, Cowboys wise, including their defense, is a solid play. Oh, yeah. Offensively, they are just uh, you know, and there's nothing the Redskins do defensively that are going to slow down the Cowboys. No, no, and and you know, Dak, I think is just you know, uh, he's in that that contract year. He's Jerry Jones saying it's imminent, it's imminent, it's going to come, you know. And uh, there was a lot of talk in the offseason. He's going to have an outstanding year. He's going to have the, probably the best year of his life in that contract year. Contract year or no contract year, he's just 
that good he right is. now. And he's got great talent around him. They've got they've opened up the offense. I think the coordinator this year, the new uh, guy they got, uh, what was the next quarterback himself, right, Dick Kellen Moore. So, you know, I think what the Cowboys are doing as an organization and offensively and Dak Prescott's maturity and his overall ability, I think, are going to play out so that he has a fantastic fantasy football league season. And I, I mentioned earlier, I think uh, Randall Cobb is a decent pickup mm-hmm. and also yep. uh, a decent uh, play for you. And he's also returning punts. Did I see that? You, I not yet. But the guy that uh, Dak Prescott's Prescott is handing off to every down yeah. isn't bad either. In Ezekiel. Elliott. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you know th- it really dropped um, tr- uh, Tony Pollard. Down because when Zeke was holding out, everybody's looking for Tony Pollard to get uh, probably 25 carries. Uh, I don't remember how many carries Zeke had, but uh, he was predicted to get uh, play maybe 20, 25 snaps, mm-hmm. and uh, he did well. You know, for having no practice, I mean, he didn't break anything. He didn't have any major catches. He was just the plug along guy that you know you count on as your number one. Colts and Titans, despite the Titans' massacre of Cleveland, <laughs> this team would normally not be putting much on the table, but they are playing the Colts. So uh, Derek Henry, frontline starter. For for you, as are Delaney Walker, A.J. Brown as a flex, and Marcus Mariota, if you dare. Yeah, I don't. So I, I'm not a believer, really, in Marcus Mariota. I think uh, that was a one-game hit out of the box that he had against Cleveland, who I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to be. a shocker, huh? Well, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know if it was a shocker, but I, I think it w- Cleveland's response to the Titans starting to pick up the pace a little bit during that game was a shocker to me. I thought Cleveland would be able to, you know, have more answers than they did, but obviously they didn't. Derrick Henry obviously had a great game. and um, But I think going forward now, the Colts made me a believer in them as an offensive unit. And uh, Jacoby Brissett and the receivers and, and Marlon Mack. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, I, I'm definitely sticking with Brissett. Uh, and I'm really pushing Marlon Mack as an RB1. Um, Ty Hilton, uh, or T.J. Hilton, I mean, uh, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you know, I get him next to T.J. Yeldon. Uh, <laughs> guys should have names, you know, instead of their initials. You're but, right. You're you know, right. T.Y. Hilton gets a, gets a strong uh, push, as does Paris Campbell. And I mentioned it before. I think Paris Campbell is a good good guy to uh, pick up on the waiver wire because Funchess is out. And Dean Kane, uh, Dean Kane, maybe an option as well. I, I don't see Jack Doyle or Eric Ebron getting, uh, because they're splitting targets, I don't see a, either one of them as a start this week. I kind of, Ebron. I think will be well. I yeah. I would go with over the two. I would go with Ebron. I think because he's more experienced, he's going to get more targets, especially in the red zone. And he had a better year last year too, which is where yeah. tight ends, yeah. you know, c- actually contribute is in the red zone. Right now, Seahawks Steelers. There you go. <laughs> All right, I'll take it on. The Have you here. switched yet? I'm on the verge. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I'd, no, like, you're not. I'd like Steeler players here, you know, after they, but after they embarrass themselves against the Fal- Patriots, and they did. Uh, they're, they're, they're playing the Seahawks, and mm-hmm. I don't like any of these plays. Definitely not Dante Moncrief, who looked like he looked, he looks terrible. I mean, he dropped passes. He, yep. you know, it, and granted, it's, he's new with Steelers, but you had a whole preseason to, to work on that. I, I don't see him sticking with the Steelers very much longer, especially if James Washington uh, continues to grow. Uh, ben is a yes for volume. Connor's a likable starter. Juju Smith-Schuster is still our uh, wide receiver one, but the defense, like Tomlin said, not ready for prime time. And Vance McDonald needs to get the ball and thrown to him, and that may happen this week. So I do like him as a flex play. But I, I have to say, and um, 
I'm on the verge of this week. I have uh, three quarterbacks on my best team, Ben, Wentz, and Watson. And I'm on the verge of maybe starting either Watson or Wentz. I'd like to tell you who to start, but I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> I think that the Seahawks, the thing the Steelers, I think, have going for them this week in this matchup is the Seahawks typically don't jump out on you offensively and as many po- put up as many points as the Patriots do. Sure. So I think the Steelers will be able to slug it out a little more effectively. The Seahawks themselves are more slug it out offense also that the Steelers want to be. And uh, so I think, you know, I think this, the Steelers won't get knocked out of the box early in this game like they did against the Patriots. I think they'll be able to hang in there. A well, they're little, playing at home, too, so that's, that's Which good. will help, yeah. sure. Now, on, on the other side of the ball, I do like DK Metcalf. I've liked him from the start against the Steeler defense that's missing some, some uh, players in the secondary. Uh, if, if that continues, I think he will. They got burned long by the Patriots, and Russell Wilson can do that, too. Tyler Lockett, I think, is at least a flex play, but I'm considering Metcalf. I would start him this week and look for Russell Wilson to have a Dak Prescott numbers this week. I hate to say it, and I hope I'm wrong on a personal note, but uh, I I really think that could happen depending on the way this defense is playing. Yeah, I if I'm owner of these, if I let's say I had Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I would start Tyler Lockett. I think, right. yeah, I just, I think Russell Wilson has proven that over the years, I mean, he would, he loved Doug Baldwin. How many teams yeah, would Doug true. Baldwin start for? Yeah, Probably not more than half the team's league, and yet he made Doug Baldwin into a key Wide player. receiver one. Yeah. He really did. Uh, so I think Tyler Lockett years. will develop into that as well, or has already. And uh, DK Metcalf, too much unknown about him right now health-wise to, I think, start him. So anyway, I, I love, obviously, Russell but, Wilson yeah. and what he can do. Uh, you know, Chris Carson's a good play, um, but uh, Metcalf is coming off that injury. But I think he's over that. I'm, you know, for what he did uh, in the first game, I think I think he's he's good. Uh, I'm I'm ready to start him. Um, ugly game, Bills and Giants. My gosh, <laughs> these guys both looked ugly last week, and I wouldn't expect much more. The Giants have seemed to really be making Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard into stars, along with uh, Cody Latimer. But I think uh, I saw that uh, Sterling Shepard's got some issues uh, health-wise this week. So keep an eye on that. Uh, outside of that, any one of these guys are at least a flex, if not a starter. Eli just looks too confused to even recommend. <laughs> it's almost like if you could score negative points, that would be well, their the winner. Their defense did, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, if you could come, if you could end a game having minus seven, that might be one of these teams. Yeah. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I think, uh, to me, the writing is on the wall as far as getting Daniel Jones into the lineup with the Giants at quarterback. I think they're just they're, – it's almost – it's not on the same level as the Dolphins, but they're kind of heading in that direction yeah. morale-wise within the team. I think uh, they've – Daniel Jones, to me, showed enough in the preseason that this team can jump on and believe in him Given, I think he'll be productive. Eli, I don't get that same feeling. Well, you know, we were, uh, we talked, uh, we did the the preview shows. We talked about uh, you were saying maybe by week eight. I think it might be by week five. I don't know by why. Why not week two? Yeah, but could very well week be week five. Why not? Uh, 49ers, Bengals, a lot of upside here, uh, but nothing I can recommend except maybe the defense. Uh, granted, they played Tampa and uh, still gave up 17 points, but they look better doing it. I don't know. Like, I don't have the stats in front of me, but didn't Andy Dalton come out of this game with about 400 yards passing? Yeah, it was uh, not quite that much, but yeah, he had, so he had a good he, Yeah, I, and I think the Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I mean, these are two offensive kind of – Teams that along this along the course of the season, I think, are going to hit that threshold where they jump up into the say the top 
I don't know if maybe 10 offenses, but certainly in the top half of the league offensively. And there's going to there's come a point where they get over that hump. If it's this early in the season, I'll be surprised. But I think by week four, five, six, that definitely could happen. Well, you know, and the other thing is uh, Joe Mixon got hurt early and uh, didn't play much at all. So we're going to keep an eye on him this week to see where that's at. Uh, I, I mean, if he's healthy, he's going to, you know, make this team work better than it did. Started that way, as well as John Ross. John Ross looked good. Tyler Boyd. Uh, I really do li- good. Yeah, yep. I, I do like Tyler Eford as well, but uh, there are better options out there, especially since, uh, and you're going to have to help me with uh, CJ. Can't do it. Just call him CJ. Okay, we'll call him CJ. <laughs> Uzoma uh, had, a, had a better day than Eford. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, another guy, just initials, just give me the initials. Okay. Um, and uh, so I think uh, that's kind of where that one sits. I, I'm not really looking for much uh, out of this game. Uh, I think as we move to the Chargers and Lions, now uh, those both teams look very good. The Lions' uh, defense looked especially surprisingly good. Uh, nothing right home. Maybe about not here. so surprisingly. I mean, they you, they finished yeah. strong last season. Their defense. So I think uh, you know, especially up front is where they are loaded. So I, I don't see the Lions' defense backtracking from the from what the finished last year mm-hmm. to what they did in this last game against the Cardinals. They, they, just, they just poured it on. I mean, they had, a, they had a really good, solid game. I, better than I thought they were going to have, for sure. And I think better than most people thought they were going to have. Running back by committee, I mean, you know, carry on Johnson is good. I, I just don't like uh, the way they're you know, doing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I can't, I can't even recommend a running back on, on that team. They don't. They don't have an explosive guy on that team. And I like, you know, um, at least with the Lions anyway. And so, uh, you know, as you said earlier, I think Matt Stafford has kind of now, not even just this last weekend, but just historically throughout his career, has shown he's a solid player at quarterback in fantasy football. He just puts up numbers and, and makes enough of plays, and I think this year especially uh, is going to make enough plays for them to, to get on the on the right side of winning more games than they lose. And he's throwing to two guys who had outstanding games. I mean, T.J. Hawkins, I don't know yep. what more we can say, but also Danny Amendola. I mean, seven catches, 104 yards, another solid start. Uh, Kenny Galladay looks to break out. Marvin Jones, a good flex play. Uh, and the, the thing about what has happened here, though, is Hawkinson has made it so that J- the outlaw Jesse James has just kind of dropped off the board. Uh, I... You know, I, I know some people that picked him up, and it's like, okay, get rid of him. You know, there's no need to have him. He's not going to play very – he's not going to catch passes. You know, he may get a touchdown here and there. But realistically, I think I used to be one of my favorite players. <laughs> and, I mean um, – <laughs> Is this going to be a hard thing for you to let go no, of, I wonder? No, you no, you know, I, I okay. love Jesse. He's a Penn State player the whole nine yards, and, and he had some great moments, and he was a great guy. Uh, I, I – I kind of want to see him go to someplace else now. He's a good tight end. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> he's not going to do anything in Detroit. All right. Well, I think Detroit, my prediction about them this year is that they're going to develop over the course of this first half of the season defensively enough so that offensively, I don't think they're going to feel the need to score, you know, well, at least Matt Stafford. I don't think he's going to feel the need to, to go out and – light up every quarter of every game. I think if he makes good decisions and the rest of their offense doesn't make mistakes and they can avoid turnovers and play smart football defensively, they're going to learn how to win games by just playing smart as a team. If that happens early in the season, the Lions could be a force at the end of the year. 
Well, the Chargers on the other side of the ball. I mean, Austin Eckler, solid RB1 now, now that Gordon's going to be out at All least right. 10 weeks. I like it. You know? Finished and, off the game with the touchdown run. Yep, yeah, a great uh, – we knew he had the talent by watching him last year in, in relief roles. And uh, I think now what that does is it elevates Justin Jackson to be a good pickup this week. And uh, if you if he's available on your waiver wire, it's a good guy to pick up because he's going to be the guy that relieves Austin Eckler. And if something happens to Austin Eckler, he gets hurt, he's out for a few plays – because he's got a stubbed toe or whatever it is, uh, Justin Jackson's going to be the guy. And Mike Williams had a knee injury, so keep an eye on him later in the week. Uh, right now he's Keenan Allen's always tough. Uh, great play, I think, as a receiver. Just a solid start every, pretty much every week, yeah. especially when you got Philip Rivers throwing him the ball. And I think, you know, Vikings um, – or no, actually, we're not even on to that game yet. But like, I think the, the Chargers, you know, I think what they did last week by winning that game – you know, in crunch time, in overtime, and uh, I think, you know, they look to me, everyone's talking about them coming out of the preseason or going into the preseason as a potential Super Bowl uh, participant, which I think is, you know, after having won that first game against a good Colt team, I think keeps them right in the the conversation about that. And then, you know, coming back now against the Lions, um, you know, I think you'll see another strong performance fantasy football-wise out of that whole offensive crew. And then Philip Rivers had a dynamite game, too. He did. I mean, he's going to have a dynamite games all season. Vikings-Packers. Now, the Vikings defense, amazing. Just amazing. They were on their way to scoring 30 points in fantasy before dropping off late in the game. And it's not going to be easy against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, who was a start this week. Uh, he should be better this week, but the Vikings look to disrupt him. Still, I think he's a solid play within the division. Now, here's something you might not expect. We talked about this earlier. How in the world does Kirk Cousins throw 10 passes in a game? All right. That seems like what he'd throw in a quarter. Yeah. So I think, you know, well, let me go back first of all and address what you talked about, you know, the Vikings being a good, solid defense, and they are. Think about the effect of that on Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So they're coming out against two solid defenses. Oh, first yeah. First the Bears and then the Vikings. Within the division. Within the division. So uh, they did win last week, but – Offensively, they have to be a little nervous about what that first. You know, I think they. I don't. I'm not saying they anticipated having a great game offensively against the Bear defense, but uh, if this comes now two weeks in a row where they're having struggles scoring points, that could be. You know, I think disruptive to them as their season goes along. And the Vikings obviously found found a winning way that they can win games playing great defense, running the ball well. I think that's a formula for success moving forward. Well, I think the, the pack has to figure out a way to get Aaron Jones the ball on the ground. No doubt. I mean, he just didn't even hardly he didn't even show up. Yeah. You know, um, I think a decent flex play is a rookie uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and you know the other guy that uh, you may want to think your situation um, on the wideouts. Um, Al- Alexander Madison is a deep. Uh, is a decent flex play behind Delvin Cook. Uh, I think he's a rookie, so Dynasty League should consider him as well. But I really do think that now, if they're get, if the Vikings are going to limit their passing attempts, it cuts down on what goes to the wide receivers, increases the plays on the offensive side. Delvin Cook isn't going to carry the ball every time. He's going to need some relief. And I'm thinking that uh, Alexander Madison might be a good guy to pick up on your waiver wire this week. Not bad at all. Yeah, I, I agree. And I and I love that uh, not – I shouldn't say this too emphatically. I like the fact that Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, was productive in this game because you can tell they want to 
they want the offense in Minnesota to revolve around Dalvin Cook and everything he brings to that offense. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, and relying on their defense and, and be solid that way as well. So I think you're right. Uh, picking up his backup, I think, is a good play for fantasy owners as well. Jaguars of Texas, nice debut for Gardner Minshew. Uh, he'll be backed up by the newly acquired Josh Dobbs, as we mentioned, uh, with Foles on IR. Uh, Minshew did well against Kansas City. But this week it's going to be much tougher against the Texans defense, uh, Texas uh, defense. Uh, don't be swayed by the rookie's debut. He's not Pat Mahomes. Josh Dobbs might be a decent pickup for Dynasty Leagues, as we mentioned. He's a multi-talented player. Uh, I also like uh, Raquel Armstead. He's worth picking up uh, on the waiver wire. Look for the Jags to put the ball on the ground more often. And Leonard Fournette is not producing and won't produce that much, I don't think. So Armstead will be back and in up, and I think he's going to get some volume, and I like that situation there with him. Yeah, I I think, um, you know, the Jaguars, uh, I think, showed – that, uh, you know, they're defensively, I think, a very tough team. To come up a little short against Kansas City Chiefs, you know, I, I think everyone expected the Chiefs to come out strong. But uh, the Jaguars, uh, I think, offensively with Minshew, the way he stepped in, um, you know, because everything right now in Jacksonville so far has revolved around how Nick Foles is going to perform mm-hmm. and how he's going to bring an added dimension to their passing game that they've maybe never had. And yet, after week one, and not even through week one, he's out. <laughs> he's gone. So I think, uh, you know, uh, they're going to have to, I think Gardner Minshew is going to step up like he did last week. But he's going to have to distribute the ball, I think, a little more effectively than he did last week as well to the different receiving personnel. And he's, he's going to be facing a much better pass rush. Yeah, know. yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know, Drew Brees found a way. Like, it wasn't pretty all game long, mm-hmm. but when the game was on the line, that guy came through. God, it's, it's Multiple amazing. times. Yeah. Not just at the very end, but, like, through the entire fourth quarter. He didn't throw it down the field. He completed one ball, I think, over, what, 20 yards. Yeah. One time. So, uh, it's just the consistency level. Can guard, can, uh, you know, uh, mince you. Be that effective against the same Texan defense? Probably not. So they're going to need, as you said, a much more effective running game. Yeah. DJ Clark, Chris Conley, I think, are are good to go. Uh, I do like uh, James uh, James O'Shaughnessy to do better than his four catches at tight end. I think uh, that might be uh, somebody you might want to consider if you're weak at tight end. Uh, Carlos Hyde. Surprised uh, for the Texas offense. Uh, I I do like him as a flex option. Receiving solid uh, runner. Yeah, yeah. and they got a solid offensive line. They're not going to be playing, you know, in the the Superdome right again this (laughs) week. We can't even hear. Yeah. So uh, I I think their offensive line, as you as you, I think as we're all going to see over these next several weeks, they are going to start to come together more effectively. They're all, I think, talented wise. They're as good as a lot of teams out there. They just haven't played together long enough just yet. If I say this next thing, which uh, I had planned to say. You're going to. Yeah, I know I am. And that that means uh, that would indicate that uh, I'm benching Ben this week. Uh, Deshaun Watson will have a big day. (laughs) Well, here's – I think you're right. And – but I think Deshaun Watson – I think watching the game last night with the Saints and Texans, what I saw was that there was a series where – um, Drew Brees, they're going to go down and, you know, they're in the red zone. And he ends up go- scrambling around and throws an interception, intercepted by Merciless, the linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texans take over deep in their own territory, go all the way down the field and score quickly. And then all of a sudden, you know, that was a long drive the Saints took to get down there. Right. 
How do the Saints respond? Drew Brees does the same thing the next series. Goes down methodically. 37 seconds. And, and scores. And yet the very next series, the Saints come out and run a corner blitz. If you recall the series before during the scoring drive, uh, you know, uh, Drew Brees saw a blitz coming, mm-hmm. audibled out of it, right. made a nice little quick out throw to his left. The very next series, the Saints run a corner blitz. Deshaun Watson runs a naked bootleg into the corner blitz, mm-hmm. which throws off the timing with his, which he did not see coming. Right. I think those are the type of things that Deshaun Watson, over time, which is going to be several years, I think he'll start to develop into that type of guy where he's not just athletically, physically gifted, he's also mentally maturing as well. The difference between the NFL's all-time leading passer and a guy who's been around for a couple of years. <laughs> so no uh, doubt, no doubt. Uh, but I think you're right. I think, you know, th- th- uh, this week Deshaun Watson is a fantastic start. I think so too, yep. Patriots and Dolphins, Sonny Michelle, who did not get much attention against Pittsburgh because they didn't need him, but I like him this week. I look for Antonio Brown to cut into Julian Edelman's targets. And now with Brown in the mix, it will also cut into Dorsett and Gordon's targets, which could lead to a situation in New England. So, and the tight ends, who? Well, <laughs> let's ready. first, ass- I, I, I guess you're assuming that, that Antonio Brown is not going to do anything between now and when do they play? Sunday? Mm-hmm. So, between now and Sunday, Antonio Brown's not going to offend anybody not gonna or hack Instagram anybody yeah. or put a you know, conversation, record a conversation between he and Bill Belichick on Instagram, something along those lines so that he doesn't play. So let's assume he's going to play. Um, I'm not so sure he's going to take all that much attention away from the other. I think he's going to – I think he's now on a team, quarterback by Brady, coached by Belichick, Julian Edelman – He's not going to just jump in here and all of a sudden start taking <laughs> targets away from other players that have established themselves in that organization. I think he's going to have to, for the first time in a long time, earn his way into this game plan. And that is going to cause a distract- distraction. If because it does, he'll be gone, yeah. not someone else. And I, and I agree with you. I definitely do. And because Antonio Brown is not the type of player – at least he has not shown himself to be the type of player who can sit back and say, uh, okay, yeah, I'll take my turn in the rotation. He's not the type of person yeah. to do that. And I, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I think if, if he does have to work his way and earn his way back in, I think it's going to be problems, and I think he could be gone. Five, well, four, well, five, six we'll, games in We will see. He let go of a lot of guaranteed money leaving Yes, open. he did. And want and appeared to want that to happen. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Anything's possible from was, this point uh, forward. Was it Randy Moss said today he had talked to him uh, earlier and, and when his whole thing started happening and he said from the beginning he wanted to play for the Patriots, which there it is. There's Whatever. The orchestration. So, <laughs> um, when it comes to the Dolphins, I can't recommend a darn thing. Uh, other than not to play anybody. <laughs> exactly. Playing for the Dolphins. Uh, Chiefs Raiders, Patrick Mahomes' ankle seems to be a question mark, but I, I count on him playing. The running back split time with Damian Williams getting the carries, but LaShawn McCoy gaining most of the yards. So that should continue, but uh, both are good flex plays due to the sharing of carries. Uh, Tyreek Hill out, definitely. Sammy Watkins, number one, looks so good. Uh, it's a toss-up among the other receivers to fill in the holes. Uh, I do like uh, uh, McCoy Hardman uh, here as well as a rookie. I like McCauley Harmon as well. I think he's shown enough, especially to in the preseason this year, that he's an explosive player. 
uh, another in a long line of explosive players with the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, this is what, uh, you know, I came out of this game thinking, is that ankle injuries during the game you're playing in in which you injure your ankle, you can get through that sometimes. Now you've got days off where there's no more adrenaline going through you, and now you've got next Sunday comes around. A lot is going to happen between now and next Sunday, practice-wise. Does he even practice part of this week? Uh, and if he doesn't, and everything else, does know? Andy Reid feel comfortable playing him with no practice or very limited practice? Yeah. So I don't know what what's going to happen there. But uh, you know, playing the Raiders, the Raiders surprised a lot of people oh, last yeah. week. Big surprise. So. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good things there on that side of the ball with Tyrell Williams being a rookie and, and the just long, uh, you know, expansive target that he becomes. And Derek Carr had about as good a day, I think, as you can yeah, have no, as a, I, as a I, quarterback. I think he had an outstanding day, and it was a day that, you know— um, for me, it was not a surprise. I didn't expect it. For me, it, it was. I, d- I, I didn't expect that. it to, to be that good. But, uh, I mean, he, we talked uh, earlier. I think he's an excellent quarterback. I, I just too. didn't know out of the gate, given all the things that have been happening in Oakland, training camp, mm-hmm. surrounding Antonio Brown, I did not know, did not see as a team and as an organization that they would be so focused and precise as they were in that and game. And i got to give some credit, a lot of credit to John Gruden there. All of I it. mean, I did not expect John Gruden to pull that off. No. You know, uh-uh. and, uh, you know, he's a likable guy. Uh-huh. Chucky, 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 <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> Ooh, Saints and Rams. Uh, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley had a difficult time with New Orleans defense, but how can you not study to one of them? Gurley's a go. Goff, if he must. Malcolm Brown, we talked about. Decent flex play. Good pickup this week if he's available. Uh, Goff seems to, to like Robert Woods first and Cooper Cup. Uh, uh, so both are wide receiver ones, but if you have better options, you might consider them uh, 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 them this week. Well, uh, you know, this is going to be a great matchup. It's a replay of last year's NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Saints have a little something to prove uh, about that. And uh, so I, I do like all the Rams players you just mentioned. I think golf is a must not if you must, and I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, he's going to be solid every week. Gurley's going to be solid every week. As we talked about earlier, Malcolm Brown's solid in there. Robert, everybody wearing Rams uniform offensively, I think, is solid. Uh, and the Saints, too, for that matter. The so, Saints are going to Ted Ginn, I, I, you know, I've never been a Ted Ginn fan, uh, but he came up solid this week. He did. Uh, he and and when they needed it most. And everything. He's the guy that kept, caught the long pass. Right. He's also the guy that kept caught the pass when they had to have it to set up that 57-yard field goal to win the game. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think Ted Ginn and that, you know, just from the play caller and Sean, uh, uh, what's the head coach's name again? Sean Payton. Sean Payton. All the way down through Breeze and everybody else, I think offensively the, the Saints against the Rams is a you know, vital fantasy football start for any fantasy football owner. But you have to admit, Jared Cook getting only three looks in the entire game is insane. It, given the fact that what he did with those three looks, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't see – I mean, when they had Jimmy Graham – he was a vital part of that offense. Now, that was many years ago now, if yeah. you look back. Yep. And I think Jared Cook is is that type of player. And I just think, uh, you know, they need to involve him more in the offense. And, and I, I understand and maybe I think, why they And did. I think they will. But remember, think back. Think back when, when, when the New England Patriots would have a guy 
uh, have won maybe two phenomenal games in a row offensively. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he doesn't start. He's not just doesn't get the ball much. He doesn't start or he doesn't play or he didn't dress. So I think, uh, you know, uh, Sean Payton, I believe, will come up along with his co-offensive coordinator, Drew Brees, will come up with yeah. a game plan to get Jared Cook more involved. I hope so because I, I, I think he's I, – I think he'll have another shot this week. I think you start him if you have him. No doubt. Uh, Latavius Murray looked refreshing, if not more than a flex play uh, because you have Alvin Kamara taking all the – all the carries. Uh, I, I think Latavius Murray, I was really pleased with No him. doubt. And he's, he's going to get a lot of good, tough yards for you in vital situations. He's And he's, I think, more versatile as a receiver than J, and, than Mark Ingram was last year mm-hmm. for them in the last several years. So, yeah, I agree. I think uh, depth-wise, New Orleans has a lot to offer there for every fantasy football owner. Bears at Broncos, I'll let you take it first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well... I would I get back uh, I, I'm going to take a step back again uh, this week I think and say that hey not all Bears fan all Bears fantasy players right now are frontline players uh, I think I think Allen Robinson is uh, Montgomery I think is going to develop into being that guy just not right away uh, but you know I I think that over time Trubisky himself. I think he's going to develop as well as a quarterback. He's an excellent dual threat guy. He's just throwing the ball, I think, has to show that he can gain first downs consistently. You know, have these 10, 12, 15 play drives that don't necessarily result in a 50-yard touchdown throw, but they might result in a two-yard handoff touchdown. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the the development I think Trubisky's got to make. And that way, Guys like Tyler Gabriel and Trey Burton can get more opportunities to make plays. Well, I like what I saw from Mike Davis. And if the plan is to ease David Montgomery in, which I don't think it was. but Yeah, it seemed I don't to, think it is either. Yeah, I think Davis is a decent flex play, at least somebody to have on your roster. He's got some ability. He's yeah, got he had some, 14 points. He can make you miss running the ball. He can be a good receiver out of the backfield. He can run over guys. Yeah. So there's nothing bad I have to say about Mike Davis. I think he can be one of several key bear offensive players fantasy football wise. Well, I think if he's available on your waiver wire, you pick him up this week. Uh, I do like Montgomery to start anyway. I'm not sold on Trubisky, as I've said before. Trey Burton remains injured, uh, but I am sold on Allen Robinson. I think Taylor Gabriel's a decent flex play. And nothing to recommend on the Broncos side except Cortland Sutton. Uh, <laughs> the Bears are just too difficult. I'm looking to set the record straight. I agree with you. I, I think defensively, anybody that plays the Bears, if the Green Bay Packers can't put up points more than seven or nobody out of the Packers can even be a decent fantasy football play then I think you know nobody on the Broncos roster is going to fill that void Eagles Falcons Uh, Carson Wentz was right on should be solid again this week against the Falcons defense which was just awful yeah the running back by committee situation doesn't excite me at this point while the receiver core does Deshaun Jackson should have another field day Mm -hmm. now Sean Jeffrey will come back stronger. And I, I even like Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I think he's going to be solid as well. He's been one of those guys that he doesn't do it every game. It's like every other mm-hmm. game. And he didn't do much this game, so I'm thinking he's going to do much in the week two. Well, I agree. Everything you said, Deshaun Jackson is th- now the explosive offensive weapon they have two in Philadelphia. Two touches over 50 yards. Yeah. And so I think that's only going the the, the relationship and the, the way Carson Wentz looks for him 
and the number of times he's going to look for him and the way they set plays up for him now is only going to expand. Um, the running back situation, I think, in, um, in Philadelphia is still a little murky. Uh, I don't think they've really settled yet on who is going to be their every down back. And, uh, but I think Carson Wentz as a play quarterback-wise, you can't go wrong there. And, yeah, I mean, they expected Jordan to get a whole lot more. And he's, like you said, it's, it's a running back by committee. So, he's so gonna, far. Yeah. So far. Uh, on the Falcon side of the ball, nothing here to recommend past the starting receivers and Matt Ryan for me. Yeah. I Well, you know, last week Matt Ryan had a good solid fantasy football game. And then, of course, Julio Jones got a touchdown. Uh, uh, Ridley, uh, Ridley also Calvin had, Ridley, you know, yeah. Uh, picked up from where he left off last year. He had 10 touchdowns in 2018, yeah. started off 2019. Now he's got one to start the season off with. And I think uh, running back-wise, though, I think the, the combination of Edo Smith and Devonta Freeman, there's really they haven't done anything yet no. to show that they're worth playing. On Monday night, Browns at the Jets. This is a weird one uh, to predict because the Browns are, were manhandled last week and the Jets got edged by the Bills. So Le'Veon Bell, I felt, was solid. We talked about early on. Sam Darnold, okay. Jameson Crowder, just a solid wide receiver, one with 14 catches. A quick look at the defense. Uh, well, let's, let's pick up on the Monday night game. Well, what? so I guess the question is what underachieving team is now <laughs> going to break out against the other? So yeah. if I had to bet... I would say the Jets. I think they showed, to me, more consistent play, at least early in the game. They would, it somehow got away from them. And I think, uh, I think there's more, I think, talent and experience on the Bills side. I'm sorry, on uh, the Jets side of this, this matchup. So I, I like, as we've talked about or I've talked about, I like Sam Donald, and I think the direction he's going is solid. Le'Veon Bell, I think, is going to be, he's going to grow within that offense and gain consistency throughout the year. So I, I like the Bills in that one. I'm sorry, the Jets. You know, I, uh, I haven't liked the Bills since Jim Kelly. So <laughs> <laughs> a quick look at the defenses to consider. San Francisco is one, Houston, the Ravens, the Packers, and the Titans. These are all Good pickups if you're looking for defenses this week. And stay away from Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> Eric, no uh, argument. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to ask your advice here. Oh, really? I'm looking this week. Yeah, I've got uh, three, three quarterbacks on my roster. Who do I start? Do I start Ben as a comeback? Do I start Watson? Or do I start Wentz? If you were me, who would you pick? Got a solid running game, solid receivers, everything's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I, it would be a combine, it would be a, a decision that falls between uh, Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. Uh-huh. I think Deshaun Watson brings that added element of running the football that you don't get with Carson Wentz. Right. So maybe for that reason, and I, I forget who the matchups are now between the two teams. Oh, well, the, the, the Eagles are playing the Falcons. Yeah. Crappy defense. Right. Thing. And uh, Texans, Texans are playing. Texans are playing. Uh, who did we just talk about? Uh, Texans are playing. Um, help me out here. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. I don't care right. who they're playing. That's who I'd go with. All right. And, I, you know, I think I'm leaning that way um, due to the fact that, uh, you know, I – they're playing Atlanta. Okay. I, I don't think that Ben – not that I don't think Ben's an excellent quarterback. I just think offensively they have not found themselves. No, I think and, you're right. And what they're going to rely on just yet. 
Okay. It's not, we're popular in Pittsburgh, and I don't think we're going to be popular in Pittsburgh this week. But that's not my fault. All right. <laughs> there you have it. That's <laughs> This week's Fantasy Football Podcast. Join us each upcoming Tuesday night for a look at the upcoming NFL games. You can find us on radio.com, the mobile app, Libsyn, uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. The easiest way, perhaps, just to go to our website. That's KramerandBrill.com. Podcasts are listed on the podcast page. They're also right there by clicking at the top of the homepage. So check it out. Uh, don't forget, you can also send, uh, go to the contact page and send us some emails. Uh, if you have some questions, we'll answer them here for you right here on the podcast. Check it out, KramerandBrill.com. You can reach us, by the way, via that contact page. For Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. Join us next time for Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast. <laughs>